You're listening to the She Lift Project podcast, a show dedicated to helping women achieve higher levels of success in the workplace. No matter where you are in your career, we want to help you grow. Now here's your host, Cynthia Kirkpatrick, a CPA, CFP, and Senior Financial Advisor at Mineta Group. Welcome to another episode of the She Live Project podcast. I'm Cynthia Kirkpatrick. We're happy to have everybody joining us today, wherever you're at. And we're really excited to speak with Carolyn Mancini. Uh, I'm going to have to read some of your bio because I think it's all good. I don't want to leave any of it out. But you grew up in Illinois and your family, grandparents had, you say, row, cro- row crop animals, farms. I mean, basically a big farm. My family kind of grew up from that. But you live in Ladue, Missouri now with your husband, three girls, and your husband's a business owner. But the three girls, so you're really busy. Th- 15, 7, 5. Extremely busy. Mm-hmm. And you are most often working out of the home office, but or out of your home office, but you're an MBA. You've been with the, we, we'll talk about this probably at some point. You've been with KSDK and marketing and communications and different things. But the last 24 years, you've been with the largest agricultural company um, in the world, fair to say, in the world? Mm-hmm. One of. Yeah. One of and you're in strategy enablement group, mm-hmm. which I'll let you explain more about that so that I don't even try to fill that in for the layman out there. And really where it started from, we'll get, we'll get into this, is customer service, different yeah. different states, different mm-hmm. situations. Um, so I know we have a lot to learn from you today. So yeah. thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Happy Anything in that piece that you want to add or that yeah. I missed? Um, just, you know, grew up on a family farm, but, you know, never really anticipating that I would go into agriculture at all. Um, you know, just kind of enjoyed the farm from a kid perspective, you know, touring, you know, grandma's garden and playing in the hay fields and, you know, things like that, just enjoying life on the farm. But um, yeah, today um, I'm heavily involved in agriculture and have been for the last 24 years. So I'm specifically responsible today for strategy enablement associated with our our digital online platforms as it relates to how our employee customers go online and interact with, with our company, as well as our distributor partners and then our end farmer customers. So um, if you're one of our distributors and you want to place an order or you're a farmer and you have a performance claim or you're an employee and need to look up the status of a delivery or shipment, I help articulate the business perspective of how those personas, the farmer, the distributor, and those employees would interact with these digital systems to our IT professionals who are are building those things out. So it's... If, if I were to think about it, almost like a translator between yes. IT, between the users, between the company, uh, everyone yes. that needs to be a part of it involved, you can help connect them in a way that comes with a good solution. Exactly. Yes. You brought up the farm. I have to ask, you mentioned some of those. Were those your favorite memories of the farm? Yeah, I mean, riding the pigs and chasing the pigs around, right? Um, You know, hanging out with my grandparents and my parents and just, you know, go outside and play and just being outside. Obviously, you know, um, iPads and that digital connectivity wasn't necessarily a a part of my, you know, childhood experiences. So yeah, anytime I can be outside in nature, I mean, that's my passion and what really, like, 
makes me happy. <laughs> and it's funny you brought this up. I mean, what a what a crazy connection that yeah. you grew up on a farm. Right. Never in your dreams did you think you'd end up in agriculture. Not but here you are doing that, being yeah. that liaison right. between the farmers, how you grew up, yeah. and the, the companies yeah. and the producers out there. Right, yeah. I mean, I um, grew up just really, I'm a, a natural learner. I love to learn, but really I grew up and you know got my mba masters of business administration because i love business and and all the different facets of that and kind of knowing that holistic picture um and being able to provide that business perspective but yeah the fact that i can incorporate kind of kind of my childhood you know passions and love for being outside with my career has been awesome do you think that gives you an advantage an edge having probably a unique background to some of the people you work with yeah for sure i think um I take for granted um, a lot of my expertise and perspective um, because it just comes naturally. Right, it's ingrained in you. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, I call it like, a, it's like a, you can have a visceral experience with something in addition to having like the real business acumen associated with it too. And I feel like that um, is, what, is what drives me here. So going from farmer to college, communications business what was that just sort of i'm not sure what i want to do i'm going to go into this or what made you what drew you to that yeah i mean i guess i i love communication and connecting with people being able to articulate really complicated things in simple ways you know kind of putting things in layman's terms i've only you know dabbled in kind of the communications realm um you know my my husband's a small business owner and he i've, I've been in like a commercial for him you know just as kind of a you know a uh, fun thing that we collaborated on but um, um, yeah, I think um, that marketing communication skills has has served me well, and I've I've learned a lot about my weaknesses and strengths within that. <laughs> any yeah. any that uh, stand out to you, learning about your weaknesses or strengths, or that interaction with your your husband yeah. early in my career, I always wanted to really know and be able to articulate the perspective of whoever my end customer was right seeing things and communicating them things from their perspective so one of the highlights for me was uh really early in my career when i didn't have a family and i was able to move um i went through four different corporate relocations in order to be able to have positions that were customer facing so having moved multiple different geographies across the south and the north um, and getting those geographical nuances allows me to be able to communicate those perspectives in a way that I'm not sure you could unless you had those particular types of, of, of roles. You know, I think you can go into like a supply chain role, right? Or manufacturing or procurement or finance. And I think you can um, inevitably do that. But my recommendation to folks would be to also have had a chance to walk in the shoes of whoever your end customer is so that you can really have that purpose and you know passion and job satisfaction versus not knowing you know kind of what the the end game is right being in finance and never having set foot on a farm or in a retailer's um space to me i wouldn't have as much personally um, satisfaction so as you mentioned it looks like it goes back to connecting 
articulating, communicating, mm-hmm. and seeing that on the end that yes. really fulfills you. And knowing yeah. all those pieces helped you do the best job possible for them. Yes. Absolutely. So, so you get to the agricultural company. So we graduate through college. You did some stints in the communication world. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you get from communication world to agricultural world? It's all about your relationships and networks. I mean, unless you're in a highly technical field, people um, want to know that you care and they want to enjoy working with you and, and doing business with you. So I found that pretty much all the roles I've gotten have been because of personal networks and connections I've had. So for example, during my um, you know, uh, Southwest Airlines marketing internship, I was in charge of promoting Southwest Airlines on you know, St. Louis University's campus and um, giving away tickets and going to all the different associations and talking to them about Southwest Airlines and getting them signed up for the rewards programs and things like that. So a lot of communication skills there and marketing skills. And um, actually my, my manager um, during that um, internship worked at the company that I've been at for the past 24 years. So my advice to folks is that never let anybody else like control your your career, your future. If someone says, oh, I got you taken care of. I'll, you know, you network on your behalf or something. I would always take that as a very personal mission of yours to put yourself out there and, and, and meet people and, and make that personal connection. So my connection and success in that role um, got me to the company I've spent <laughs> <laughs> very long time at <laughs> right right how what are some tips or how have you best networked i think it's just doing a really great you know job you know at the at the current position that you have right and i also make sure that i'm also following up with the folks that i've met in my previous roles right whether it's you know quarterly just saying hey you know farmer dealer what have you been up to how have things been going just staying in touch with those networks um but then also developing new ones right i have you know been at my company for a very long time and i can say that i'm i'm seeking more i'm wanting more um and part of how i do that is you know connecting with new people, changing my patterns and the places I'm surrounding myself in. So, for example, that's how I met you. That's, I was just going to say, that's uh, how we met. Yeah. Um, I had never been to a Missouri Athletic Club ladies um, coffee before. And um, I find that I learned so much more about myself by learning about you, right? Whether it's like, that's, I totally resonate with that and that's me, or that's not me, but I can still appreciate the differences, right? So, as you talked about, it's learning and growing. So always having that learner, grower, uh, openness, mindset. Absolutely. Exactly how we met. I haven't gone to too many of them, a few of them, but meeting you there and just connecting on several different things. One of this being the podcast, because another woman there has already been on the show. Yeah. And to talk about, hey, let's get together, let's grab a drink, let's get to know each other more, and here we are. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have that learner thirst, right? Whether that's my personal life growing, you know, personally and becoming a better mom um, or wife, but then also professionally. So yeah, I think always, yeah, seeking out new circumstances and is what drives me. (laughs) But like you said, don't let the old relationships you know kind of sail off into the sunset yeah and don't forget those keep cultivating it in a um i think a you know true friendship valued way yes not necessarily 
I'm going to keep this relationship going because maybe I'll get something out of it down the road. Right. Just out of like, just because I enjoyed your company and who you were and the experiences we had together. Um, like, for example, it's it's been um, years since I worked in the procurement organization within, within my company. And the reason I have this position today is because someone that I worked for, with multiple years ago called me and said, hey, Carolyn, I think you'd be fantastic for this digital transformation role, right? Um, she worked with me in procurement, which has nothing to do, <clears throat> you know what I mean, with digital transformation, but I was I was more of an oddity in procurement. It was procuring all of our, you know, sales and marketing and um, market research and corporate reputation work. So it was definitely, I was in, most people that are in a, a procurement profession are, are, are very, um, that's their profession, right? You don't normally come from the business and move um, to the procurement organization. But this gal, um, through working together, saw my business acumen and, and, and knew that I'd be great at um, articulating the our uh, retailers and farmers and employees perspective on how they wanted to do business online you know how do you consolidate multiple different systems down into one so you don't have to be using 10 different applications to get your job done and things like that and you don't have an it background so it's not like never somebody out there can say oh well i have I, especially women right well, i have to have these yes. skill sets in order to mm -hmm. apply for that position or right. take that position on yeah I mean, when you say digital solutions, I'm thinking oh, somebody has to have IT background. Right, for but that's sure. Yeah. Not what you have. It's all, it right. sounds like it's all in the communication. Yeah, for sure. And I think just the diversity of my experiences, um, you know, across the commercial sales and marketing organization and supply chain, having, you know, worked in sales, I made sure that I knew, you know, what the distribution centers looked like, what the manufacturing facilities were like. I, I took it upon myself to really make sure that I, like I said, kind of like that MBA, I knew a little bit about everything, about every touch point that would impact my customer um, so that, I could provide them feedback on how they could be doing better or what could be set up differently in order to make us all successful. So just- Is that to, normal in your role? Or um, you said oddity before, is I that how you became an oddity? Um, even being a female in sales and the agricultural business made me an odd person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely get back to it. In fact, I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. But what I don't want to lose sight of is we you had mentioned earlier just taking those leaps of going to different places in the country, yes. different roles. Yes. How did that happen? You come, you get pulled in because of your networking, because of your hard work too, yeah. really, you get pulled into this company. Where did you start? Uh, I started in the customer service department. Again, I also think a customer facing role or having a customer service role like gives you that diver diversity of perspective, right? Um, working with the sales organization or distribution, the distribution channel and like our, the end customers. So I started out in customer service, worked there for a year and then moved on to strategic account, strategic account management, kind of that business to business account management with our largest distributors. And then from there, um, you know, just it was a company initiative, you know, getting behind the company initiative was how can we be more attached to our customer? And I said, the, the best way for me to do that is to go into a sales role. And they're like, great, well, why don't you move to Louisiana, to the Southern Delta, we're going to start up, you know, a sales trainee program, and you can learn agronomics at an intimate level, which I hadn't done when I worked on the farm, I wasn't asking about what's the planting population and what's the growing stages of this corn, mom, dad, grandma, you know, so, um, yeah, so, um, 
really moving to the south to begin a new program even for the company to have somebody in the corporate headquarters so really having a corporate hq headquarters position and then having these satellite um roles has been fantastic i've taken a lot of like first time role creations like this is a brand new thing that we're piloting why don't you go ahead and start it so um i was um this has been you know i was in my early 30s at the time had the flexibility to move um it was quite intimidating you know moving to louisiana i didn't realize that i was necessarily really typecast as a midwesterner northern girl and immersed myself in the culture of the south learning you know the cotton the soybean and 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 corn market down there um, really felt it was important for me to understand. Um, we have, you know, glyphosate um, manufacturing sites down there. Um, the, all different things associated, you know, research and development farms and things like that. And I just took it upon myself to learn as much as possible while I was there, learn from folks. Yeah, and uh, I felt like that has served me well and made me successful with with where I am today. So. You mentioned starting new roles and going to Louisiana. <clears throat> what was that like when you found out? Again, I assume Illinois, Missouri. Yep. You lived in the Midwest, as you mentioned. Yeah. And you're going to go to Louisiana. You're youngish, younger yeah. than us right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a new experience, a new part of the country. Yeah. How did it? Yeah. Did you meet with somebody? How did that evolve? And what were your thoughts yeah. going into that? Um, it was certainly intimidating. And what I anticipated being um, an experience that would grow my technical and agricultural knowledge ended up really being a cultural experience. Um, you know, Southern Louisiana is, you know, that Southern charm, very relationship oriented, full of that grit and grace, sportsman's paradise, you know, lots of hunting and fishing um, type activity, especially in the agricultural world. So um, it was also during uh, Hurricane Katrina, you know, so there was just a lot of um, swirling factors um, and ex Southern experiences that I had that I and an education that I hadn't an anticipated the nuances of of, of, of working in sales. And, and one of my first experiences not having worked in the headquarter corporate office, right, and, and getting that that regional expertise. And so um, my position, um, I was responsible for calling on our distributors. So um, it's a very large or agricultural company. So we would rely on our distributor network to deliver our products to the end farmer customers. So a lot of what you do is um, educating and, and coaching and relationship building to get those retailers to sell your products, right? To buy and, and sell your products. So um, I, I get my sales role and um, I start calling on my Louisiana dealers. And um, one of my my first retailers, I go into his uh, facility, he's touring me around his warehouse, you know, showing the seed treatment location where all the bags of corn and seed are, you know, he's riding around the forklift and kind of moving some things. And then we move to his, his office where, you know, I'm anticipating like, okay, I've learned about his operation i've i already know because i 
always come prepared with knowing as much historical sales information, you know, the the history of that relationship with the organization. And I go to, um, you know, to a situation where I'm at least let's replicate your order that you had last year. And he's like, well, started complaining about the price. And I said, obviously, I could I know price is very important. Did you know that, you know, our company spends X millions of dollars a year on research and development in order to be able to to provide you with these products? And he said, get out and don't come ever come back to my location. He cussed me out and told me to leave immediately. So you go from this, I would imagine, a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Almost being brought in to the family. That's what I would think, yeah. that you get to see Absolutely. all of this, yeah. and now it's time to talk business and, and yeah. relate, and he asked me to leave. So I had been applying all of my negotiation and the skills that I had honed in order to be successful, and here I am kicked out, and I'm driving away, and obviously completely shell-shocked, right? Um, and so I called my you know, neighboring colleague that had, you know, surrounding counties that I didn't that I didn't manage and they manage. And I said, this is what just happened to me. What am I going to do? Like, I'm going to get fired. I just got fired by one of my biggest retailers, you know. And um, he said, well, just buy him a bottle of, you know, fifth of Jack Daniels and you head back in there next week. And so that's what I did. And it worked. And he ordered for me. And it was just really a uh, uh, a great experience, right? That hadn't gone as I had planned. And and I just think it's one of those strategy enablement, like feathers in my cap, like had that not happened to me and had I not like given the company line and had it fall flat, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't understand, I, I wouldn't be as successful in my, my corporate headquarter role as I am today. Do you, looking back, would you have changed using the company line? Do you think anything else you could have said would have changed what happened? I, I, yeah, I, I th- I, I'm not sure. I think listening more, right? Um, I think people like having the knowledge and sharing your expertise and the level of of in-depthness that you know about any particular person or situation I think you have to be strategic about the information you share and when based on the maturity of your relationship, right? Yeah, great yeah, advice. Yeah. Yeah, if you come out too early with too many facts yes. and your expertise, it seems yes. like it's all about you. Yes. And and that was definitely um, the education I received in the South, um, especially as being a Northern girl and them used to more of the sweet Southern belle type that was way too aggressive and probably you know what i mean like nobody cares really how much you you put into it right they they, just it's their personal experience i should have been asking more questions and and developing that relationship a little bit more i think before asking for that sale and then and then just not sharing that i knew so much i think you have to be strategic about that so before the before that moment would you have done some additional relationship building prior to the sale so maybe the third time you're together now you talk about the sale right you've changed that lead up at all or do you think it would have been what it was anyway and it was a great learning lesson no i think i should have taken more time 
to nurture the relationship before asking the sale. I had that uh, a sense, uh, a self-made sense of urgency about executing on the sale, and and I should have let it mature more. And that's also, I think, there's been a transition or evolution in sales and the relationships. Yes both from just a learning, but also probably more women being in these seats that we, not always, but maybe yes. tend to lean into sales differently, maybe that mm -hmm. slower relationship mm -hmm. build versus Absolutely. the metrics that you might have been measured on, which was the old, you know, mm -hmm. go in there, one meeting, get the sale, go here, get the sale, go here. Yeah. I mean, did that potentially impact how you approach that situation? Absolutely. And I just think it's those geographical nuances that you just couldn't possibly teach. You have to experience it, right? Do you um, think there's anything you could have done? Again, this is all, you were late 20s, 30, yeah. all looking back hindsight, but maybe we'll have some of those listening. Going back, are th is there anything you would have done to prepare for that transfer to Louisiana? Could you have talked to some of the other sales reps in the area? And what do I need to know? How do we do business down here? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, you know, um, I, I had been told that, I should probably play down my intelligence and um that it just i think just having your values straight and what you're willing you know from an integrity standpoint i'm not someone that wanted to play dumb or giggle and those were some coachings i received you know kind of make sure you don't show up looking prepared because uh, they will want to think that they can like get one over on you or, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, when you're representing a large company, they know that you have a pocketbook, you know what I mean? And, and you have something to give, right? So I, I think I, I heard the advice and I, I did not want to heed it because I wanted to be seen as an intelligent female professional in that industry. Um, but I also think you have to respect the nuances of the culture and the region that you're participating in. So with that being said, if you could, if you could go back, would you play down your knowledge of the statistics and the facts? Again, not leaning into necessarily that giggly girl, yeah. but pulling back one and two, and maybe this isn't fair to ask two questions at one time, do you think that advice was given to you because you were female, potentially going into the South where women may be viewed differently, would that same advice been given to a male? Oh, absolutely not. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have changed a thing. I loved that experience. I loved that heated, uncomfortable situation because that, like, like this, like it's never comfortable being in an interview, right? But that's how you grow. And if you're operating in your comfort zone, you're always going to get what you've always gotten, you know? So if you want something more than you have today, you have to, to be uncomfortable and you have to be willing to experience um, those, those types of things. So I wouldn't have changed it. I heard the advice and I wasn't willing to compromise my values and, and who I am as a person. <laughs> but what you said there was you said, I'm going to ask for some help. So you called yes. another rep. So you could have been upset about it. You could have gone back and tried yeah. the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. But instead, and I could feel in my heart, in my gut, like, 
oh, I could just feel probably how you felt. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it, it, almost a, a, a redness, a heat. Yes. But you took that opportunity to say, okay, I got to get back in there. Yeah. And I got to learn. Right. Instead of staying in my silo and learning for myself, I'm going to ask for some yeah. help on people yeah. who've been down here. And and that's definitely a challenge for me. More in my personal life, I'm, I feel like it would be a weakness for me to ask for help. So I feel like I over excel at it at work, though. You know what I mean? Like I'm able to compartmentalize that. And now I, I believe that I... I don't do anything alone, right? Like I know in the field, I knew that I needed my colleagues to, to continue to coach me. Um, I know I needed my customer service rep that worked worked at headquarters. I, I know I needed my marketing guys to come up with some good programs so I could be able to, you know, package things and sell them effectively, right? Um, and definitely my colleagues and my manager. So I think, you know, honing a team never thinking that whatever position or wherever you're at that you can go at it alone because you could but it's not going to be as easy as if you really develop the relationships within your little team right and and create that sense of camaraderie and a sense of belonging so um i made sure that there was excellent follow-up once i did complete the sale with that dealer so he had a really good customer service experience so that he got his product when he said he was going to get it you know what i mean so um and made me work that much harder for them, for him to make him happy. Well, so I have to know, you go in there the next week or the next meeting with the Jack. Yeah. How'd that go? He he was like, like belly laughed, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it, he was tickled pink by that, you know? And I think it just completely let down his guard and, you know, opened him up. I think, you know, he appreciated my boldness that I came back, especially bearing treats. <laughs> That's great. And probably had a, a good long relationship yes, after that. Yes, yes. Everything went great. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're in Louisiana. I, you mentioned not only learning the business acumen, but the cultural side mm-hmm. of things was a big educational yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? Wh- why and where? Why do you leave Louisiana to your next stint, and where did you go? Because I had the um, thirst for meeting people, learning different sales styles. I had developed, you know, again, back to your networks and the people that you develop a relationship with. I had a colleague recommend me for a special assignment due to some um, potential litigations that could have happened and um, was able to mitigate um, a lot of um, kind of weather-related ag- agricultural things that had happened. So morphed into a different role for me, working for our leaders out of our Memphis office. So I got put on a special assignment um, to mitigate um, some some catastrophes that were happening at the time. And so after that special assignment, I knew that I still wanted to go back to sales and have those similar experiences. So um, at the time, um, you know, my position had been backfilled and I got offered a previous manager of mine was now a a business manager in Nebraska. And so then I, I moved from Louisiana to Nebraska. Different culture in Nebraska? Oh, completely. (laughs) Yeah. Able to use what you learned down in Louisiana. Oh, uh, for sure. Transferred over to Nebraska. Oh yeah. Cause I had, I had similar, um, I think in that particular industry and being a female, they immediately wanted to see, they wanted to push your buttons to see what would make you crack. And so, 
um, when I was presented with those similar situations where, hey, you're going to buy me and my wife a trip to Bermuda. And I would say, yeah, I would love to do that. Let's come up with the sales targets and let's meet them together so I can get you that trip. You know what I mean? But had I not had the grooming that I'd had and those uncomfortable conversations, I probably would have just been knocked about on my heels and not been able to say anything. But if you can, you know, pivot the conversation and kind of an- anticipate those uncomfortablenesses, that end up being a, a really great relationship too, right? Like, let, let's get down to business and, and come up with some goals together and you can meet your, your you know, whatever your needs are and I'll get my needs met too. So so, but yeah, completely different culture. Uh, but yeah. I like your response because that's not only in sales, but I think in life when you're trying to figure out how to set up boundaries, have those difficult conversations, yes. not always give in. It was the great, I'm on board with you now together. Yes. Let's figure out how to make that possible, what we both need yeah. to make that work. And if we could use that skill in our life, uh, yeah. how much better life would be. Yeah, I've I've also um, had experiences where in relationships, if those people I have had people have that have decided they don't like me, and they're not going to like me. And I feel like there is a particular way to respond to that. I, for example, when I was in the procurement organization, I was um, one of the top performers, saving the company millions of dollars, negotiating the best talent on whatever you know market research we were doing or what have you. So just really loving building my expertise and displaying it and the and the procuring of the things that I'd already been selling, for example, you know what I mean? And I had a new manager and she said to me, um, do you know what the problem with being on top is? And I said, no. What is that? And she says, the only place you have to go is down. So I took that as a personal challenge um, because I believe that as a female, you just need to decide. I decided from a very early age, I am never going to be a victim. I'm a victor. Like So no matter what, I will adapt and overcome every situation. I can say that the whole adage when someone tells you who they are or what they think about you believe them i then ended up being in this role and exceeding my own expectations but never pleasing this person and it uh, i would say that adapting and overcoming and like hunkering down to be amazing isn't always the best strategy so my advice to others is if you encounter someone that doesn't like you for whatever personal reason um despite that being some of my best work i made a lot of like personal sacrifices and just the amount of stress this person caused me and um and i stayed in that role longer than i would have because i wanted to please and show her that i was good that she could like me and i I would i would uh let those relationships fail faster in the future if I encounter someone that just, you know, anyone that says they don't like you, believe them and then just move on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So don't waste your energy, time, do um, maybe pieces of your soul yes, necessarily really to make them happy. Yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, curate those relationships. But at the same time, if you encounter um, that brick wall, it, it, it don't you know necessarily try and tackle that 
And it doesn't reflect poorly on you as a person that you couldn't turn that person necessarily. You know, right. I just think as like a natural people pleaser wanting to adapt and overcome. And um, like I said, I still feel like it was some best work. And um, but I, I gave I gave too much. It was our first meeting. She didn't even know who I was. She just already oh, had wow. decided that, you know, which is odd, right? Um, I yeah, I just I don't really. Did you know then? Did like your gut? Did you feel it? And were you, or did it take a while? I've had similar personality encounters in my career, and the same people are typically and like non one-on-one more social engagements very pleasant people so it's a little diabolical to deal with right because outside of a one-on-one that particular person was very pleasant to me right Hmm. but in a review situation it was my worst performing years i mean where personally i thought it was i know it was my best work but from a review and a manager rating perspective it was my lowest ratings ever because she didn't like me and she she was doing what she told me she said she was going to do which was take me down right um but i i feel like that's made me a stronger person and made me realize that um holding on to a bad situation too long because i will adapt and over you know to be a victor it it, it can be a debilitating feature (laughs) you know personality yeah i could see that especially the people pleasing i mean yeah i like to joke i'm maybe five four uh probably shrinking (laughs) at this point but you know i could work as hard as i want to be a top basketball player at 45 i'm never going to be that so know those spaces where it is time and effective to throw i don't want to say throw in the towel but shift and pivot yeah and that's not going to work you gave it your like you said you're not a victim you gave it your all yeah but you shifted to become successful yeah in another arena in a better way right and i wonder if i've learned over time you know there's certain values like look i will work hard i'll give you everything i have uh we'll be a good team but when the, my values are misaligned, yes. like it's being taken for granted, or you're this way here, but you're this way here, I can't. Right. That's when it's time yes. to go. Yeah. So I wanted to give the examples of here's where I worked to adapt and overcome and curate those relationships versus here's a, a circumstance where maybe you shouldn't. So I just wanted folks to know there's the balance. <laughs> and I think professionally and personally, right? Absolutely. There are people that come in and out of your life at different times for different reasons. Yes. And if you need to let that relationship go to move beyond, yes. then it's okay. Mm-hmm. instead of trying to keep a hold of it and right. in the end you're probably doing that other person as a service yeah and yourself and, and those myself. surrounding you yeah yeah um i don't know if it's I, I would say like fail faster because but i don't feel like i failed but i feel like i should have failed that relationship that moved on faster but be careful of your people pleasing internal and compass and, and know that that it's not always right yeah. and sometimes you might be just that strong kick butt person Mm -hmm. but there may be those certain situations or relationships where i don't know if you become if weaker is the right but you tend to lean in then to what others want and need from you versus Mm -hmm. staying true to yourself yes yes and that's a a hard place to be both professionally and personally when you want to you know Mm -hmm. do new things keep growing rise the ranks whatever you want to call it 
yeah that would be hard to say nope how so where'd you move after that how'd you move on what was the epiphany so i ha um had you know great friends still within the commercial organization and um ran into an old boss in the cafeteria yeah. <laughs> so take time to go get lunch yeah. yes and um it, and it's it, being visible and present has served me well in my career um having the FaceTime, i can say it's much more difficult in this hybrid work environment i typically work mostly from my home office on video calls back to back all day long. But any opportunity I can get to have an in-person meeting or show up on, you know, um, you know, on site somewhere for a personal lunch or something like that. Um, these chance encounters um, interactions can really serve you well, but you have to show up and you have to be present. So I, I feel like, you know, COVID has put a lot of us inward, but um, like I said, unless you're in a very technical uh, profession, it's really about the relationships you've built and the people that want to work with you, right? So I ran in, yeah, to, to a previous manager in the cafeteria and he said, we have this this role in commercial we think you'd be great at, you know? So that's, that's how I moved on. So he luckily helped pluck me out of a, a difficult situation that I couldn't get out of on my own, essentially, right? Because I, I was still busy trying to, to people please this person. But even, so what, something you said regarding you know, working hard, maintain those relationships. I mean, I've somewhat been in a technical role, CPA, CFP. Yeah. You never know where life's going to take you. Sure. And even if you yeah, assume, you know, back in the day, you stayed with the same role, the same company forever. Mm -hmm. That's no longer the case anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think no matter what role you're in, try to be building those relationships inside your team and outside your team and mm -hmm. friendships yeah because you never know that one connection that's going to lead yeah. to the next best thing or reaffirm where you're at yeah i think absolutely well and like you said like i guess the technical point i wanted to make is like how females like we won't apply for a role unless we've ticked every box right but what people care about is your willingness to learn right and 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 grow into that role and that's just as valuable so even if there's something that you're wanting and you don't have all those expertise like the technical pieces of it people want to know that you're likable that you're relatable and that you want to learn and grow into that role um so I, I guess that's where I was referencing like the technical point. People don't care as much about who you know, what you know, as if they like you and want to do business with you, perhaps. Well, and as you're sitting there saying this, and this first time I've thought about it, I'm sure somebody else has thought about it. Oftentimes you go in and you're, you've got, you check all the boxes in that role as it is that day on that piece of paper. Right. For but sure. it's going to change yeah. and evolve. Yeah. And if you are not the personality that you just uh, described there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then that role will outgrow you yes and e even if you at some point even if you checked all those boxes you, i don't know the right word you'll you'll become a fraud or look like a fraud or, yeah. or whatever so for those who don't have mm -hmm. all those boxes checked mm -hmm. know that it's those attributes that often aren't teachable right and those are what will keep you not only get you to where you want to be in that role but even beyond because of those personality traits mm -hmm yeah that being curious and wanting to learn more and know more for sure so you go on to the new role new area feeling better and you're back in well you're still in the midwest in nebraska but back in missouri 
at this point? I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, coming back, um, the timeline's a little off. So yeah, I was in Nebraska and then moved back to the headquarters. Yeah. And I was in procurement and then took this this commercial role. Mm-hmm. So there are almost through all the different roles. And I remember when we were first meeting, of course, I looked up your LinkedIn. I was like, wow, she's been, you know, project manager, manager, sales manager, this manager, that pr- a lot of different places, as you pointed out earlier, a lot of new roles. What is it that not everybody would have that initiative or maybe the guts to do that fearlessness? Yeah. What do you think it is? For me, it's kind of the four year mark, right? Where you have the ability to learn the role, um, make some improvements, make your mark, have some great accomplishments of things you're proud of. And then for me, it's, I'm ready to grow and, and learn more and add more value other places. So um, I feel like I'm in that stage now where I've been really focused on my personal and professional development and seeing those gaps and you know self-created uh, areas of my life where I can grow and improve and um, having a vision for what my future self is and what that person looks like and what's uncomfortable about it and then just growing into it so now i'm in the process of kind of formulating my future self vision what's my next extraordinary goal of something that i'm you know a year from now going to be like i can't believe i did that and accomplished that so i guess i'm always looking for what's going to make me proud and make my heart sing and feel good. Um, so for me, I guess it's like that four-year gestation period where I'm like, okay, it's time to to make that next extraordinary goal. And it, it sounds like the value of always learning and growing, yes. Yes. and then filling those gaps. Yeah. Was that the, there, little? Carolyn on the farm. Do you think that was always there? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, I was the first person in my extended family to get an advanced, you know, a master's degree and so those types of things. So, uh, yeah, I I think that that wanting to seeing my strong grandmother, um, you know, would cut her nails with her pocket knife and things like that, just wanting to be a strong, independent woman, like, wow, you know? Just um, so, yeah, I think that was always very inspiring to me. Um, yeah. Sounds like that was formative, having strong women For seeing sure. that and then modeling it. And that definitely made an impression For on sure. you. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Both being businesswomen and having kids and adds a whole new layer of learning, but complexity uh relationship i don't know ahas maybe role Mm -hmm. ahas how has being in the business and having kids helped you grow or what kind of obstacles challenges have you had to deal with again your husband has his own business too so it's not like you have somebody just sitting at home taking care of everything yeah um 
it's definitely required a, a, a stretch beyond my imagination <laughs> for sure. Um, I know I had somebody ask me the other day, like, how do you do it? And I just kind of had this like shocked look on my face, like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, well, you're not the only mom, right. business professional mom right. who said that. I think exactly. of that all the time. Yeah. And I think I struggle with that daily. I think it goes back to how do I take the success I've seen with teams and the business world to my to my personal life. And so that's definitely one of the, my personal growth areas is like, how am I coordinating with the other moms on drop offs or pickups, you know what I mean? And not being I can do it all myself type thing. But um, I definitely know I, I have a, a high probability like I have to have like reason and logic in my life. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the level of patience with my children is like, I will have patience of steel for them, but um, I fully respect, you know, the stay-at-home moms, and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But. Well, it sounds that that continuous need and yearning for learning, yes, and growth. While while it's not that you can't do that as a mom, believe me, my kids teach me something new, and they're all different. And yes, it's probably on that. I don't know that maybe a learning that doesn't take as much patience. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> as it would take to yeah. be home all the time yeah and learning yeah. those pieces yeah um i'm definitely learning a ton from you know getting to know the other families within my girls school and a lot of them are stay-at-home moms and um really just seeing the emotions that that pulls up inside of me and discovering those feelings and um yeah, so that's been a, a recent growth as my children are getting, um, you know, kindergarten and second grade and just now starting out with sports, right, and managing all those calendars. But um, yeah, certainly it's, I love it. I love it. But you said something earlier that in your work life, you have an easier time asking for help. Mm -hmm. In your home life, you don't or you're personal life whatever we want to call it mm -hmm. why do you think that is why the why the difference why can you be one in one place and not in the other I think it's just I think getting over like that female independence and knowing that leisure and self-care um, isn't a luxury it's actually 100% necessary <laughs> you know, the whole secure your mask first before you help others. Um, if I don't, you know, secure my own mask. And so, uh, you know, my oxygen mask on a plane, right, referring to that, um, then you can't help others. So I think that's been my my biggest growing. I'm it's still a stretch for me to to ask for help. But um, I've incorporated little things just, you know, having a, a one night a week, every Thursday, I have a sitter, you know, just so I have that space for Carolyn to just self reflect on where am I at? Where am I going? How was the week? You know, um, that self reflection time, I feel like is so important for anyone that wants to have extraordinary goals and, and be successful. Um, so just kind of building those things in for myself. That's been my, my latest epiphany is just one night a week where it's just a space for me, whether I want to go have a workout or do, you know, personal things in the office or get organized or clean my desk. But that for me has been my little oasis. That's a great tip. And in a non guilt 
you know, it should be guilt-free yeah. to go ahead and, and ask for what you need and take care of yourself to be the best yeah. version of yes. you for everybody else around you. Yes, for sure. It takes sleep. It takes... <laughs> <laughs> and that's where a lot of my journey has been in the last several years. You know, this podcast, running all the time, listening to audiobooks. Um, yeah. You know, my husband's been great at driving kids if I'm focused on projects at work. It was... It didn't dawn on me until a couple of years ago that I could say, you know what, mom is going to run every day because I need exercise. I need time alone and, you know, being outdoors and things. Yeah. But up to that point, it always felt very guilty. Yes. That I couldn't do that or ask for it to do it every day. It just, this guilt held me back. Well, and I think um, my mother's generation is, instills that guilt right because that generation for you to have any sort of leisure or self-care didn't make you a great mother made you selfish like you didn't have girls trips or you know what i mean time to get a massage or, or that wasn't a thing that they did it was frowned upon right um so i i think that that guilt is still there we almost need another generation to shed that uh-huh. uh you know, DNA, how our brains work, yes. infusion. Because I remember my mom stressing, and she worked part-time, she was a nurse, so she couldn't be at every school event, but I know at least once or twice she wanted to be the, you know, the, the room mom. Yeah. And planning the, the parties and whatever else it was, looking back, I can see it stressed her out to want to be able to do that mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like sometimes I need to play that same game yeah and the guilt's still there yeah it's still there <laughs> but i've i've luckily i've i i do have the kids uh, my oldest is almost 17 boy so he's still he's still there in the appreciation mode but even the girls have said you know mom i'm more independent than a lot of my friends in my class because of this like i'm so mm-hmm. proud of you and your success mm-hmm. and what you're providing for the family that mm-hmm. it also gives me some benefits to grow and yeah. learn on my own where if you yeah. were hovering and doing everything for me right. i wouldn't be able to do it exactly so yeah. thank goodness for them helping Absolutely. ease the guilt it's still there for sure <laughs> but I, I like the tip of you know a thursday night or whatever yeah. it might be yeah. coming up with some time for you that you need yes. guilt-free and make it a, a habit mm-hmm. and try not to break that habit. Yeah. Any other good tips or things that you've put into place? You're probably still so somewhat new in it with the, the girls so young. I am, yeah. I mean, um, I yelled at my girlfriends because I didn't realize over the summer I had 14 weeks of programming that I needed to do for my children once, you know, they're no longer in preschool, right? So things like that. So. Um, um, you know, that was a shocker for me. But yeah, I really just lean on my girlfriends that um, I was a late bloomer in the kids category. So a lot of them have already been, you know, they're sending away their kids away to college and things like that. So I always I call my girlfriends and say, well, here, what's coming? You know, <laughs> I got all these sporty events. How am I going to, you know, juggle all of that? So I think just, yeah, leaning on my tribe, my girlfriends. And it's not going to be perfect. So somebody's going to go to a game with the wrong jersey or with yes. the wrong whatever. They're going to forget uh-huh. the water bottle and everyone yeah. survives yes. and you get through it. And you end uh-huh. up, for the most part, I think, forgetting about those instances. But yeah. then you can ask those around you for help and put it on yeah. the kids, you know, when they're old enough. Like, mm-hmm. it's your game. Right. You need to start 
taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have, have any, all those answers figured out. So definitely <laughs> would look for any sort of advice there. It's like how to juggle it all. Again, a learning and growing environment yes. always at work. For sure. And at home. Yes. Any other obstacles that you came across or learning experiences that you know helped really shake you into who you are yeah i just i think that you know that following up on any of the uncomfortable situations right just you know being present um connecting and letting people know you care you know um i've had you know kind of seemingly um, catastrophic things happen with sales where you know product performance wasn't quite there or what have you and then um, over the course of multiple conversations come to find out it wasn't as bad as the situation and it originally played itself out to be you know what I mean so I think um, that uncomfortableness getting used to that feeling right and and not thinking it of as as a negative thinking of you know the uncomfortable feelings that it could be excitement or it could be an opportunity um, awaiting itself and that's what i found is that anytime someone's been upset with me because of whatever the company has done or maybe you know something they didn't think i did quite right (laughs) or said right um just uh continuing to follow up and let people know that you care and i've personally seen that pivot into really rewarding situations you know um in nebraska having you know a windstorm came through 60 mile an hour winds and all of a farmer's crop going down on the ground you know at the harvest time and it's like i have a complete devastation and then um you know come to find out listening a lot and not talking a lot um ended up being that farmer's highest yielding corn he'd ever had even though he had to pick it up off the ground helped him get some equipment that allowed his combine you know to be modified to pick that up and then over the course of conversations technical conversations about why this would happen you know coming to find out oh well i i planted the population you know tighter than you had recommended and so it made it more susceptible to you know so um uh, situations turning out like you've done something really horrible and messed this up if you can like have the humility to just s- swallow that coal <laughs> yeah and continue to show up and ask questions and maintain that rela- relationship which is bit versus what your instinct would be would would you know maybe be able to kind of step back so again there pulling in your team, hey, we've got an emergency, this is a situation, you know what I mean? Really being humble about a situation and not placing fault or blame and just, you know, bringing in the technical people or the customer service people. And so what was really a bad situation ended up being the best situation, you know what I mean? It could have possibly been. Almost, I don't know, maybe you have other stories, but might be one of the best stories to wrap up things that we talked about today and I love that you brought in the humility because you know I've run across people who think, either think they know everything or think they need to show everybody they n- know everything to show yes. their value. But you did the opposite. Yeah. Say so I I'm I have no idea why this happened. I'm so sorry. Right. And I feel like yeah, that humility um, will always serve you well. Like you said, saying I don't have all the answers. I'm not a technical person. Um, 
I can tell you everything about the marketing programs and all the sales lines. <laughs> but just, yeah, I think having that humility and wasn't where I started out my career, right? Uh, you know, um, but definitely grew into that. And that's how you build the deeper relationships, along with asking yeah. the questions, being, you know, mm-hmm. in, in almost that pause. If you jump in to try to solve it yes. right away, pause. The pause is pivotal. Yes. Pause is pivotal. I yes. like that. I'm going to write that yeah, down. Yeah, that pause, it creates the space and the reflection. And it does show that humility. And as I'm writing this down, what we just talked about being working moms yeah. and always go, go, go. Yes. And giving to everyone else. Yes. The pause is pivotal for it ourselves. Is. Absolutely. Create space. Love, I'm always <laughs> learning in these things. I think I've read so many books and I've learned so much already. Yes. But sometimes just sitting there. Uh, Absolutely. It, it gives yeah, me so much more. That's why I love and a conversation for self-reflection, all of that, yeah. Yeah, and and again, back to some of the important things you said, be uncomfortable. Yes. Because if you, you probably wouldn't be where you're at today if you hadn't gone through some of those uncomfortable situations of Definitely. get out of my office, yes. go away, to learning yeah. the person who didn't like you, wasn't yeah. going to like you. Right. Get Not uncomfortable. to like you, yeah. To move forward. Yeah or beyond yes, where you would have otherwise. Absolutely. So maybe try as early as you can, get uncomfortable as early as try, you can. Yep, to try new experiences, get in those customer facing roles so you can really speak from a customer's lens. Is. And that probably helps with the communication, building your communication yeah. skills, because yeah. if you're surrounded by the same people every day in an internal team, mm-hmm. yes, some of that will be challenged and developed, but yeah. dealing with different customers face to face and mm-hmm. then being kind of that, again, that liaison, yeah. it's gonna push so many different ways of thinking and communicating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and showing up in person, especially today, I think it's it's as seen as a novelty, um, right? But really, really pushing for that personal in-person connection. And back to relationships and networking, which is everything. Yes. What new circles or new places can you test out to meet new people? I'm so glad you did that morning because we're here today. But again, some of the most, some of the times where I remember my my son was a freshman in uh, high school and there was a family or parent party and we were talking about, I was like, we really don't want to go. We're so tired, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we went and I said, no, we have to go. We have to meet new people. We have to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And one of our best growth learning relationships came from mm-hmm. being present yes and asking a lot of questions that yes. night absolutely and a lot of interactions and relationships from that one interaction right. right and even if you um you know it's taking the seat at the table right and then once you're there even if you're uncomfortable and you feel like you don't belong like you said it's clarifying what someone said or asking the great questions right so even if you feel like i don't have the expertise to to have this seat at the table it's taking it anyway um and then engaging i'm shocked at the number of um you know meetings i'm in where people don't engage they're, they they show up. They're there, but they're not asking questions. They're they're not providing you know value, and I think that's another way. If you're working remotely, that if you are attending you know meetings, that you're showing up and you're engaging. I think it, engaging and the follow up piece of it, right? Don't assume that someone doesn't want to hear from you or they've already got it all together. You know that little 
touch base, that phone call, that that text to let you folks know, you know, but but really showing up and engaging. So many people today, I feel like, I feel like that's how I've gotten my jobs, that learner in me, right? That just engagement, even if I don't have anything to add to the conversation, just saying what I think you said is and just clarifying, right? And then, like you said, asking those great questions. Here I'm thinking we're wrapping this up and there's not more that we could add to the conversation. <laughs> and I think that's a great yeah. point of, if even if you show up and you don't have the answers, yeah. Ask a question. Yeah. Say, and you may even say, I, "I don't fully understand. Can you go back to this? Can you explain a little bit more?" Yeah. And that may bring out a totally different solution had you mm -hmm. not asked that question. Yeah. Just, can you explain that a little bit more? Can exactly. you give me some more? Or what? Yes. Was there something more to that that you can add? Right. And I'm amazed how many people just don't ask the questions or provide that clarifying point or even compliment someone like, wow, you did a really great job doing X, Y, and Z, thank you. Um, or like, yeah, so I, I'm amazed, like be the person that speaks up. And something I've, I've noticed within the past couple years, I think, I don't know what my mental blockage was and maybe somebody at some point can really help me figure that out, but <laughs> dive deep into the recesses yes. of my mind and soul. <laughs> I just took it for granted that people my voice didn't matter yes. as far as mm -hmm. you know even just recently i'll see things on facebook from the kids schools and you know such and such team at the school and you'll see a picture of a friend's daughter and i just snapped it really fast sent it and i said that's so cool how awesome yeah because that's really what i thought when i saw it yeah that's really cool how awesome i bet they're so happy and proud and i went ahead and just sent it recently to a couple of them and they're like oh thanks for sending that you know, just yeah. adding that joy adding that i'm here yeah. i value our relationship and i just wanted to communicate how great that was yeah. like you said just send that call that right. email you know that was a great presentation you did a really yeah. great job there. Yeah. that was an amazing question you asked right people want to hear that they do yeah and that's coaching for myself and for others you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's just reaffirming yeah. lately what i've took too long to figure out but exactly it's those moments i go back to somebody and say mm -hmm. just by the way i wanted yep. you to know that so and so and so and so yep. said this about you yeah. and it reignited uh -huh. an amazing relationship that yeah. had i just sat on the sidelines and said right eh, just that's not important exactly so yeah well, what else at Willie really will wrap up this time because we covered so many great things and uh you know so many things to reflect on yeah. anything we missed or points that you wanted to get out there you brought so many good things to the table i don't think so i just thank you so much for having me i'm just delighted to be associated with your other sheila um <laughs> interviewees and um I, I just i love your model here and kind of how you've broken out of the box and the mold how you you know created this environment for us to share and lift each other up and i'm just really appreciative thank you well thank you for getting outside the box and yeah. for joining me on this crazy journey if people want to find yeah. you they can go on various uh, social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, yep, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, to find you. Yep, Carolyn Mancini. All right, and all the show notes, your name, how it's spelled, will all be out there so they awesome. can find you. Great. Thanks, Cynthia. Thank you so much for your insight and for yes. coming and sharing today. Absolutely. This concludes another episode of the She Lift Project podcast. To hear more episodes of the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to learn more about our mission of helping women reach higher levels of success, visit sheliftproject.com and sign up to receive the latest news, ebooks, videos, and more.